Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to have you here. I hope you've had a good new year. I hope it was relaxing. You did whatever you could, hung out with family, with friends, watched the ball drop, played games, had fun, enjoyed yourself. Woo! Yeah, baby! And here we are in a new year, and although it may be a corny sentiment, if it takes a new year to find yourself down a fresh path, then by all means, forget the naysayers. By the end of the day, if you are still on that path by the end of this year, then it really wasn't a corny sentiment at all. It was just the extra little kick you needed. And what a kick we have here as our first This Week in Nickelodeon History subject, our first anniversary, which premiered 40 years ago. On January 8th, 1983, we had the premiere of The Third Eye. On Nickelodeon. The Third Eye was actually an anthology series that took a few science fiction series from the UK and New Zealand. Uh, these five series were The Haunting of Cassie Palmer, Under the Mountain, Children of the Stones, Into the Labyrinth, and The Witches in the Grinagog. These shows were broken up and shown over time and lasted for about a year on January 8th, 1984, 39 years ago. Hey. That's another anniversary. We're, we're starting in one and ending in another. Uh, if you had ever watched The Third Eye, either as a kid, a teenager, if you even saw it as an adult and you watched any of these programs and you're out there, let me know. Let yourselves be known. You have a 40-year anniversary here of The Third Eye. 32 years ago, on January 4th, 1991, we had the final episode of the Nickelodeon game show, Out of Here! The show was created by Jeffrey Darby, Kristen Martin, David Patorti, and Herb Chanel. The show ran for one season. A game show that I actually grew up loving, and it's it's one of my most beloved game shows in, in all of Nickelodeon history. It's one that I would hope would return in some semblance because there is still an entertainment value to have and that can be found within the Nick Arcade, a show that premiered 31 years ago, on January 4th, 1992, the show was created by James Bethea and Kareem Matif and ran for two seasons of 84 episodes. The entire concept of Nick Arcade, of course, is video games. I enjoy video games, and even though you would look at this game show and go, well, they're playing old school video games, and well, how can that still be fun in 2023? Well, let me tell you. Have you ever tried taking a classic, old-school, hard NES, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo game and giving it to a kid who's really good at Fortnite and all of a sudden their hands melt like butter and they have no idea what to do? Now, there are certainly kids out there. I'm not saying that there aren't prodigies that can pick up 
you know, any game and just crush it the first time they, they play it. But in my experience as a teacher that I, uh, that I had when I was introducing old games to a new generation, I found that even though these kids were fantastic at all of these newer generations of games, when they are experienced to some of the older ones for the first time, then they're finding some of those quirks like you get them on the second level of the Lion King, you get to the ostrich part, yeah, you're not going to master that double jump the first time around. Something like that. That's what I'm saying. So Nick Arcade, in a way, could be readapted in 2023 with an entirely new spin still keeping and capturing the same old-school aesthetic it had. If you have never seen Nick Arcade, I cannot recommend it enough. It was presented by Phil Moore. It stars Mikey, one of my favorite fictional characters that has been lost to Nickelodeon time. And if you seriously haven't experienced it, do yourself a favor. I think it's on Paramount Plus, actually, right now. Go on Paramount Plus, stream Nick Arcade. Even if you just want to check out what, what it's all about, find yourself a, an episode or a clip on YouTube. But uh, watch yourself a, a few episodes. You will be entranced with just how cool this game show was, and it was ahead of its time in a way. 39 years ago, on January 2nd, 1994, the final episode of the Nickelodeon run of Doug premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Jim Jenkins, the show ran on Nickelodeon for four seasons and 52 episodes before Jumbo Pictures, the animation company behind Doug, was purchased by Disney. By the Walt Disney Company, I know. I know that's a, a meme still in this day and age where Disney buys up companies, and even though it, it really isn't as, as bad as you think it is, but here they are in the 90s buying up this animation company in a time where Nickelodeon had the option to purchase another season of Doug and chose not to. And with whatever contract between Jumbo and Nickelodeon was was signed for the original show stated that if Nickelodeon then chose not to continue with Doug Jumbo would then retain the option to continue Doug elsewhere which hey then comes Walt Disney they come in swoop up Jumbo Pictures which was an incredibly lucrative deal because not only did they get Doug out of the situation they also were able to create PB and J Otter for Disney Junior and I think they were behind a, a, a JoJo's Circus, which sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Jojo Circus was on there, which I know that those are, you know, more preschool aimed shows, but those were hugely successful. And, you know, they got to continually be creative for years upon years before moving on, you know, onto other projects. Doug then got moved into Walt Disney television animation. And even though for all intent and purposes, Disney's Doug is a sequel to the Nickelodeon version of Doug, there really were so many changes made between the two, and there's just such a tonal difference that it's it's hard to get as engaged with the Disney version of Doug if you grew up with the Nickelodeon version, is, is what I'll say. There are still some nuggets of gold to be found within Disney's version of Doug, but, uh, but yeah, if you grew up with this Nickelodeon run. It's it's really hard to top that. It's a nice little quality slice of life cartoon that really, to me, captured what it felt to be a kid more so than most shows that I was watching at the time. The only other show that would go on to top that in a way was Hey Arnold, 
of what it felt like to be a kid in this world and how we perceive the world around us. But Doug also had a level of imagination to him that, for me, was was pretty one-to-one. You know, I would have different little personas as a kid that if I were in different experiences, I would imagine myself as Indiana Jones. Or if my mom had me dusting the house, the feather duster was now a lightsaber, and, and I was Luke Skywalker. And that kind of imagination was very natural to have as a kid if you, you know, at least were able to express yourself in that way. And there have been plenty of characters that have had very expansive and expressive imaginations that anytime I see that done, I just go back to Doug. I think of Doug Funny and his world, how much I love it. And honestly, if you have never, if you grew up with the Disney Doug version, not saying that you're at fault or anything's wrong, you're good, but I think you should give the Nickelodeon run a shot. I think you should then accept this as a prequel series of Doug first coming to Bluffington and how he met all these characters that you loved in the Disney's Doug version. I I think if you are able to view it in that way and just forgive the the animation quality, the dip compared to to Disney's version, I, I think you'll find a new and fresh experience with these characters that I'm not going to stamp on you and stomp you down and say you're wrong if you prefer the Disney version afterwards, but I will just end up quoting my favorite Roger Klotz quote of all time. Cool hair, Roger. I like the way it's all nice and pointy. Yeah, what do you know, skeet face? 35 years ago, on January 4th, 1988, Nickelodeon started using the Nick Jr. branding on their channel for all of the preschool content that they were premiering during the morning hours of the day. Now, since Nickelodeon's launch and inception, content for preschoolers was always at its forefront. So this wasn't necessarily a change in content for Nickelodeon, just a change in branding for how they were presenting those shows in that time slot. So Nick Jr., in its early years didn't really change much of what was being aired, but certainly as time went on, Nick Jr.'s presence on Nickelodeon would become more prominent, more official in its its time frame, and then would launch its own channel years later as a completely 24-7 entity of nonstop preschool entertainment. I, of course, grew up with Nick Jr., as as well as, as Disney Jr. and a few of the other channels, but if you grew up with Nick Jr., what's your favorite... Nick Jr. show. 35 is a pretty big number, and I'm so glad to have have had Nick Jr. in my my childhood as much as I did. So if you have a favorite show out there, any favorite memories, just let those be known in the comments below. (laughs) 22 years ago, one of my favorite programming blocks on Nickelodeon premiered, and I just want to give it a shout-out. It's nothing massive, but at the time, it kind of was a big deal. 22 years ago, on January 5th, 2001, we had the premiere of Friday Night Nicktoons. Now, if you were a kid growing up in the 90s, Friday nights, if you had access to Cartoon Network, was the the best. Cartoon Cartoon Fridays was the place to be if you were home on Friday night and you had Cartoon Network on your television. This goes beyond just the shows that they were airing. This was an entire identity of the show itself. 
It was a wonderful experience that changed week to week to week. You didn't have any idea what would happen, what cartoon character would be hosting. And then when they would premiere new shows, it was exciting to see those new characters integrate into the Cartoon Cartoon Fridays environment. So Nickelodeon doing the exact same thing you may think would be a negative, but I grew up in the world of professional wrestling where you had the WWE, known as the WWF at the time, going up against WCW, and you had some of the most exciting things happen during that time, and people still, to this day, fondly talk about it. Even in today's day and age of wrestling, you have AEW versus WWE. That's already caused a few exciting things to happen. So, all I'm saying is, it may seem like a negative at first for one channel to kind of quote-unquote copy or borrow a concept of cartoon characters hosting a Friday night lineup of new shows. But you know what? I'm all for it. It's a win-win-win situation, especially now that it's after the fact that we can enjoy so many of these bumpers on YouTube and appreciate the level of effort that went into trying to present an entire programming block in this, in this way with all these cartoon characters interacting with one another. I'm still overall going to give the edge between the two shows to Cartoon Cartoon Fridays, but Friday Night Nicktoons still had an incredible intro, had a great identity in terms of where the characters were hanging out and what was going on, and some of those bumpers, especially the one that, that was a parody of the Friends intro, were really nice touches. Those were really adorable to see. So if you haven't ever seen any of the Friday Night Nicktoons material you can find a 10 minute compilation on youtube i'll have the link in the podcast description below it has pretty much every bumper you can ask for and it's a nice little taste of what it was growing up in the early 2000s if you were watching nickelodeon Seventeen years ago, on January 6, 2006, the Nickelodeon TV movie Drake and Josh Go Hollywood premiered on Nickelodeon. The movie was directed by Steve Hoffer and was based on the show Drake and Josh created by Mr. Bailey of Good Burger. Sixteen years ago, on January 7, 2007, Just Jordan premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Allison Taylor, the show ran for two seasons of 29 episodes. On January 1st, 2011, 12 years ago, House of Anubis premiered on Nickelodeon, created by Hans Borland and Gert Verholst. I hope I said that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. The show ran for three seasons, 190 episodes, and a 90-minute TV special. The House of Anubis, I was told, was an exciting watch. If anyone else out there can verify that, I've only been told by one or two people in my life to, to watch the show. They they had real strong recommendations for it, but that's such a big watch. 190 episodes is is a big watch. Is it worth it? Is it going to capture the same kind of, uh, you know, mystery sense that I can find in any sort of show on Netflix or Paramount Plus or whatnot? So... I don't know. Are there any House of Anubis fans out there that can let me know that going down this rabbit hole is worth the 190 episodes and the 90-minute TV movie? Uh, you can let me know in the comment section of YouTube. You can find this video at the Captain Eric YouTube channel. And while you're there, you can slap 
that subscribe button because it's just sitting there with its hand up waiting for a high five and you're just sitting there not high fiving it. If you've already high fived it, no need to worry. But if you haven't yet, just give it a give it a high five. One high five. That's all it takes. Next up, we have a show that premiered nine years ago on January 1st, 2014, Every Which Way. Created by Mariella Romero and Katharina Lebedoir, the show ran for four seasons of 82 episodes. And last but certainly not least, eight years ago on January 1st, 2015, we had the final episode of React to That, a show based on all reaction videos and the entire concept of reactions, which of course come from the good Fine brothers, uh, Benny and Rafi Fine. This reaction TV show ran for one season of 13 episodes. I know they get a lot of flack for what they tried to do all those years ago. And you know what? It's really well-deserved because even though they've, talked about it afterwards and tried to explain themselves it really wasn't the wake-up call I think they needed as to why there was such a backlash in the first place like I think they got it but they really didn't fully get it it's one of those situations where somebody will admit they're wrong but they will still keep the excuse as to why they were wrong in your face so they, they will accept it, but they're still going to constantly remind you, like, we understand, but then you have to understand that we just want a lot of money from just all reaction videos. It's like, what do you think you did here, really, at the end of the day, that garnered the need to own anything other than, hey, no one should be able to, you know, copyright certain logos or names that we come up with, shows that we use, and that's how you cornerstone the reaction market. You already did! You just tried to bite off more of the pie. You, like, had the pie, and then you started biting into the pan, and everybody really liked that pan, and that's why everyone got pissed. There's no reason for me to live! No reason at all! <laughs> On to bigger and better things, and that is including my top five of this week, which is not just going to give you any sort of top five episodes or or any ranking whatsoever, but I wanted to do something different. This is a brand new episode, a brand new feeling for 2023, so I wanted to give a new little concept for, for my top five of the week. I wanted to cover Doug, and I thought, you know what? I'm kind of upset with how Disney has treated Doug a little bit over the last few years. There have been very few little droplets of Doug merchandise and even acknowledgments of its existence from the, the overall grander scheme of things. And it's totally understandable when you're working with the Avengers and you have access to the galaxy far, far away, you're not going to have time hanging out with this kid in Bluffington. But if Disney came to Captain Eric and they said, hey, Captain, what are your top five things you would like us to do with the Doug brand what would they be? <laughs> well, glad we uh, we finally are at this bridge. Let's uh, let's get down to brass tacks. Number five is actually going to be my number one, but the reason it's number five is because it is the least likely of the things to happen, and I may keep it as my number one if I was actually 
in a situation to present any sort of ideas, but, and, and I just realized, well, this is just a, a completely fictitious scenario. I'm not going to get a call from anybody at Disney and going, what should we do with Duck? Come on. But this is just fictitious for this just situation. If I was asked, number one would, would be this one. I would love to see more merchandise featuring classic versions of the characters, which would mean a partnership with Nickelodeon in some way of of Disney and, and Nickelodeon kind of sharing this character. And I would hope with that kind of partnership or, or even just something to happen, Doug could then feature in, in future Nickelodeon projects, video games, racing games, so on and so forth. That is the least likely thing to happen. That would be my most desired option out of all of these, but that's why it's my number five right here because it's the least likely that I could I could get Disney to say even yes to. Number four would be the, the next Rocky part because it does consist of money being invested into the Doug brand, but I would say that it wouldn't hurt if a Mr. Swirly stand at Hollywood Studios was built to offer guests ice cream treats or an official honker burger. Now, I know that the Doug branding is is certainly as cold as ice cream in terms of what would necessitate building in a theme park. But if we're going down this path of what the other options of using Doug are down the road, hey, I think regardless on people knowing Doug or not, the idea of a Mr. Swirly and ice cream stand in California and Florida and those hot climates, that's a match made in heaven. So that would be uh, that would be number four. Number three is just it's it's not really a desire in the sense of I saw the game and I said, Doug's got to be in that. But since I was going down the path of wanting Doug in Nickelodeon Kart Racers, number three is how about Doug in Disney Speedstorm? their upcoming free-to-play racing game, and they seem to be covering a lot of different corners of of Disney, including animation, TV animation. I think they're including some live-action characters, probably like Jack Sparrow. Why not have Doug Funny or Skeeter Valentine as, as a downloadable racer? Capture that early 90s nostalgia market, throw those characters in. Their models would be incredibly simple to make, and between spending money on the game and actually spending time on the game as well, if Doug or Skeeter or a Bluffington level was included, my chances of of my attention going to that game, just because there's so much out here that I, I'm still trying to play, are, are up exponentially. So that's my plea for Doug in Speedstorm. Number two would be for a return of Doug in some semblance on Disney+. Plus. There have been some incredible returns of Phineas and Ferb and other properties on the streaming service, and seeing the way that other animated shows have been able to return on other streaming services with animation that looks so good that it captures a similar style yet looks modern in its own way, I think if we're able to do something with Doug, Disney Plus is just the absolute best place for it. That's where they take all of these nostalgic properties and bring their rejuvenated versions to the mainstream is on these streaming services. 
and the first time they made a Doug movie, Doug's first movie, that whole project made it to theaters because of the success of the Rugrats movie. The Rugrats went into theaters and dominated things. They were the first non-Disney animated feature film to cross $100 million at the domestic box office. A feat that Disney wanted to replicate with Doug thinking, well, this is another Nicktoon we're giving the theatrical treatment and took a TV movie and expanded it on the big screen and gave us Doug's first movie. It didn't really do as well as the Rugrats did. And so we never got a second movie. So why not Doug's second movie on Disney Plus and give us a proper return of Billy West as Doug Funny and Roger Klotz? There's no reason not to pay the man. My number one in this situation, though, would be the most easy in terms of getting it done and having Disney just do this in the in the flash of the fairy godmother's wand would be to properly release the Doug's first movie theatrical version on Disney+. Plus. Unfortunately for years, the version that has been readily available from Disney on DVD and even on Disney+, Plus has been the cut-up television uh, edit of the movie. No joke. The version you saw in theaters, I believe, is only available on VHS. And from then, they never re-released it until there was the Disney Movie Club, where you could sign up for so many Disney movies and, and pay, you know, supposedly a cheaper fee, but then also have access to exclusive DVD releases of certain movies, including... Doug's first movie, and if you bought that, it was essentially the TV edit of the movie on disc with, I mean, very minimal effort put into any sort of menus and whatnot. When Disney Plus dropped, the very first property that I went to was Doug's first movie just to see if they had the proper version, and lo and behold, if you watched that movie, I believe it still had the the fade to blacks at certain moments where the commercial breaks were put in and the credits, I think, were in its original form, but the song was still sped up or the credits are sped up and only covers one song. It is still not the correct version of that film. So that's my number one. And if I was in a real situation talking to Disney executives, that would be my number two because my number one would still be, hey, let's work with Nickelodeon and get some classic Doug merchandise or some classic Doug stuff back into the mainstream. Let's let's connect these little universes. This is your multiverse connector. You're all about the multiverse with Marvel. This is your multiverse connector between Nickelodeon and Disney. It's Doug funny. Let's capitalize on that. And that's how we can end it here. That is it for this week in Nickelodeon history. I am your host, Captain Eric. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for making... Every single week, so enjoyable. I love making these shows, and I love making them for you. I love seeing the amount of different countries that pop up in the analytics of who's watching this show, who's listening to this show. It's it's just, it's wonderful. Thank you to those who have written into me. If you would like to write into the show, if you have questions, suggestions, or anything you'd like me to read out, you can reach Captain Eric at NickelodeonHistory at gmail.com. It's as simple as that. You can also find me on social media on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast and on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast. 
If you would also like to go the extra mile, you can subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel, where I am constantly throwing up my podcasts, and throughout 2023, there is going to be a slew of exclusive video content dropping on the channel, as you can see already uh, in 2023. So please consider subscribing, and if you would like to go the extra mile to show your support as a part of the Ready Crew, you can click on that Redbubble link in the podcast description where you can find a multitude of different logos and pieces of art that I've uploaded that you can put on any different kind of products that you would like, from anything from a sticker all the way to a duvet cover. I mean, that's that's for the ultra Captain Eric fans out there. That and the shower curtain to add into your homes. Uh, other than myself, that's only reserved for the real super fans. <laughs> I haven't even purchased the shower curtain, but I, I should and gift that to my... Uh, my girlfriend, that would be a nice birthday gift. Wouldn't you all agree out there? I, I think you would. But that is going to be it for me and this week in Nickelodeon history. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again next week to another episode. Goodbye, everybody. I'm here with my friends. Nickelodeon.